You're listening to Gift Biz Unwrapped, episode 99. You're way too talented to be sitting in this cubicle. Like, you need to do more. Hi, this is John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire, and you're listening to Gift Biz Unwrapped. And now it's time to light it up. Welcome to Gift Biz Unwrapped, your source for industry-specific insights and advice to develop and grow your business. And now, here's your host, Sue Monheit. Before we get into the show, I have a question for you. Do you know that you should be out networking, but you just can't get yourself to do it because it's scary? Are you afraid that you might walk into the room and not know anybody? Or that you're going to freeze when you get up to do that infamous elevator speech where you talk about yourself and your business? Well, I'm here to tell you that it doesn't need to be scary if you know what to do. To help you with this, I would like to offer you a coffee chat. For the price of buying me a cup of coffee, we can sit down through an online video and I'll tell you everything that I know about networking and how I have personally built two multi-six-figure businesses, primarily through networking. To learn more about this opportunity, just go over to bit.ly forward slash network ninja. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash network ninja. And now let's move on to the show. Hi, it's Sue and welcome to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. Whether you own a brick and mortar shop, sell online, or are just getting started, you'll discover new insight to gain traction and to grow your business. And today I have joining us Tina Pettis of Tenacious. After spending some time in the big city with a big girl job, Tina quickly realized that the cubicle life just wasn't for her. And with a little nudge from her husband, she founded Tenacious, a social media and graphic design firm. She effectively launched herself as a brand with a career that makes room for all her passions. Despite starting off as a company of one, Tina has since built a team of amazing women who have supplied the resources and woman power for her to be able to pursue a legacy outside of solely running a business. Tina is a social media expert, accomplished speaker, and trainer on all things social. Tina, welcome to the show. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me on. This whole world of social media keeps changing all the time. It's like a struggle to keep up with it. So <laughs> I know I'm going to learn quite a bit from our conversation here too. To start off, I like to have our guests describe themselves through talking a little bit about a motivational candle. So if you were to describe what your ideal candle would look like that represents you, what color would it be and what would be the quote on your candle? I love this question. When you sent this over to me, I was like, this is brilliant. It made me, you know, have to really think about this. And green is a color that is around me everywhere, from tenacious to other businesses that I have, and I'm always attracted to it. And I think just as human beings, seeing new green grass, especially if you live in the Midwest, and having plants around and all that kind of stuff, it's a color of like growth. So all I could picture was this huge, massive candle because a small green candle just wouldn't have the same impact. <laughs> and then I couldn't get away from this quote. And this is one that 
I rest in it. I love it. I just, every time I read it, it, it motivates me and it makes me think of so many different things, but I'll just read it to you. It's by Irma Bombeck. So, you know, it's not all that serious of a quote, but it, it kind of, it is. So it says, when I stand before God at the end of my life, I would hope that I would not have a single bit of talent left and could say, I used everything you gave me. And that quote to me, just like, I like, I hope my children take that quote to heart. I hope the people around me take that quote and just, you know, truly using our talents and growing in them. I love also that you say that it's a big, huge candle because as entrepreneurs, I think we have this idea bursting inside of us and so many people don't let it out. You know, and your quote is talking about just that. Do it, let yourself shine, let yourself be big to the world so that when you're reaching the end, you really have done and given the world everything you can of yourself. Yes, exactly. Okay, well, let's start with talking a little bit about Tenacious. Why social media, Tina? You know, such a good question. So it's funny when you read my little intro, you know, big girl job. It's like, yep, I did. I moved to the Twin Cities, uh, you know, Minneapolis-St. Paul to find that marketing slash design job and our career, I should say. And I landed a job at a corporation doing some design work and customer service. And really, truly, it was my hubby that just said, babe, you're way too talented to be sitting in this cubicle. Like you need to do more. And we used to joke when we were in college that I would always be his uh, sugar mama or like uh, be the breadwinner. <laughs> and uh, at that point, I, d- I just wasn't. I mean, I had a st- you know steady job, but it was the whole nine to five feeling. I had a one year old at the time. I actually had a clock, you know, you had to punch in at and punch out at. You only got your 30 minute lunch. And if you wanted to take a longer lunch, you wouldn't be home, you know, soon, you know, at, at the same time. And so it just started to weigh on me that I had all of those restrictions. I was just driving back in the same conversation I was having with my hubby about the whole being too talented to sit in a cubicle. And he, you know, we, we just started kind of really brainstorming. It was just, it was quicker than I'm even telling this story of how quick it happened. But I was like, well, I can do design work. I have a buddy that could do web work. And I'm like, but we need a third piece to this because I don't want to be just your everyday freelance artist out there. I want to have a company, an agency or whatever that looked like in my mind. I didn't have all the words, but I just knew I needed another piece. And again, quicker than I'm even telling this story popped in my head was that Facebook had just came out with business pages. And I just thought about all the business owners in my life and I pictured them tackling this piece a business owner being able to tackle the creative and the everyday posting and just all of that. And I thought, no way, there is going to be a need for this. And so I started Tenacious instantly. I was doodling up logos. I was finding people to be on my team. I was still working in the corporate world. A few really awesome things happened, made my leap a lot easier to jump into the entrepreneurial world. Two months later, I was corporate free and I had Tanisha started. So that was in August of 2009. Since then, I found out a few kind of cool things. We were the first social media management company in all the Twin Cities. And social media wasn't even actually a phrase yet at that time. You know, people were like digital, social networking. I mean, no one just knew exactly what to say or how to say it. So it's been a really fun journey. It's obviously been a path that we've had to pave. No one else has done it before us. So that part has been really interesting. What I love about your story, and 
I think it's a lot like how I was. And maybe, Gift Biz listeners, you're sitting here feeling the exact same way right now. With your story, Tina, you talk about how your husband's just saying, well, why don't you do something yourself? There's so much inside you. you know, you're worth more than this. And it sounds like that clicked immediately. You just had to have somebody say it to you. And then you knew in your gut right then and there, yes, that's exactly yeah. what I need to do. And then it's just a matter of putting the pieces together, figuring out the first steps and all of that. That's exactly what happened, honestly, with my husband, too. He's like, well, why don't you start something yourself? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, why did it take someone to tell me that to agree and to think that I should for myself? Right. Isn't that interesting, though? Because you and I, I mean, I know you well, Sue, and mm -hmm. I feel like you know me as well. It's like, we're both confident women. We didn't ha need someone to tell us that, but it was like, wow, that was the point that just kind of came that you're like, yeah, you're right. It just validated your meaning, your thoughts, your value in the world and pushed you a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. It's like this big know? crescendo. And then it's like, yes, I've known this all along. It's time. Absolutely. Yes. I can see it in you so well, because I have to say this, Tina's group has been helping me with my social media now for almost a couple of years, I think it is. And you run, and I'm not even kidding you, I said this last week, the classiest business I think I've ever seen. I love that word on me. I will take that. I will accept it. <laughs> you should. From you know interaction, the way you work systems, how you appreciate your customers, the event that you put on, which I think we should talk about near the end here, everything. So if you were to have hidden this and just stayed with what you were doing before and not started everything you're doing now, we would have all missed out. And again, gift biz listeners, I want you to think of this for yourself too. There are things that all of us do that we need to share with the world, not just for ourselves, but for everyone who can be the recipient of all these things. Mm -hmm. All right, now let's talk about Tenacious. Like how did you start in the beginning? And let's talk then about why someone should consider social media and outsourcing that task. I think I just asked you two questions no, at once. I, I can just... go with both. Yeah, I can go with both. <laughs> Roll yeah. with it. <laughs> so first one, like really honestly, I quit my job and I had a Dell computer, which I now use Apple. Like I'm an Apple girl and so are all my girls now. I make them <laughs> I make them be that way. But I started out with like a four hundred dollar computer. And I look at this business now and we're, you know, a team of ten. We have a location. Of course, we could have done things completely different. I could have had contract workers forever. I could have everyone working virtually and all over the place and things. And there's some part to me that has just wanted to hold that as tight as I could in having my team on location every day and for us all to be part of the same exact team, not working with other clients outside of Tenacious, that this is their home. This is what they do. And now I'm so happy. Like, I just am so happy that I've stuck with that because yes, it could have been easier <laughs> at times to just have contract workers and not had to deal with employees, right? But the part to me, when you say our team is so classy, the things that we do, how we handle things, is my team truly, truly cares about each one of our clients so deeply. And we get to sit in our conference room once a week and chat about each client and really go over their goals, go over what's going on in their world. We brainstorm during that time and chat about each client. And if there's a struggle, you know, not everything is always smiley faces and 
ice cream and parties and exciting, sometimes there's issues, right? Or, you know, maybe a client isn't happy or a mistake happened or they didn't quite get their goal or, or things just aren't going that great. You know, we've been through some economy slumps in our business. You know, I mean, there's been a lot of different things. And so we have to go through those storms right along with the client, whether they're a little rainstorm or a big one. And I don't know that our team could have done that had we not been here connected on a regular daily basis, seeing each other. So that was a big thing for me. I did start out with everyone being contractors and me starting out my business at 28 years old. I did not truly know all the rules and restrictions around that. So hopefully the IRS isn't coming after me. But you know, I had people, they just wanted to be a part of the team. And I only knew of really truly starting out with contractors because I was like employees were expensive in my mind. And I look back and that was a very limiting belief that I had because once I changed over to employees, it was like, oh, I could just rest, you know, like we're together now. We're truly a team. And that's one of the biggest things. But you know, it's funny you ask how we got started and then why social media and why is it important? And, you know, I started out and the very first client that I went to was one of actually my husband's clients. He's a personal trainer. And so he spends lots of time with his clients, you know, a whole hour, a couple, three times a week, or, you know, one time a week or whatever it is, but you get a lot of talking time. And so he actually gave me my very first referral. And this gentleman had three different businesses. And I walked into their living room with a cardstock piece of paper that had three different levels of offerings on it. And it was called Walk, Jog, Run. I still remember because the, his wife was like, I don't really understand the running analogy. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it has nothing to do with social media. Um, <laughs> but it totally related to who, your prospect, yes, who you're trying exactly. to sell. Yeah, my yeah. husband being a personal trainer, all those things. But anyways, <laughs> they're still a client today. So obviously they weren't too upset about the cardstock piece of paper <laughs> or my packages. Yeah, but you know what I like about that, Tina, is you didn't wait to have everything put in place in this professional proposal or coming in with a binder or a brochure or something like that. You just got started. Yes, exactly. And that's what I tell people all the time. I'm like, you know what? I had this cheap little computer. I had a cardstock piece of paper that I designed myself. And I printed it off on our, you know, laser <laughs> or whatever, you know, our inkjet or whatever. And they said yes. So I think, and I, well, I don't think, I know that it, it is just truly the passion behind it. So when I dug deeper in my story, because, you know, when you have coaches, so you and I were talking about this before, when you have these coaches, you don't know what really what path they're going to bring you down entirely. But also it kind of turns into like a therapy session. Sometimes you become friends or whatever it is. But my coach, you know, I, the, my story was, well, I knew that small business owners won't be able to handle this whole social media thing on top of everything else. And, you know, I already said that in our interview, but she kind of challenged me on it. She's like, well, Tina, how do you know that? And I was like, oh, dang it. You're right. Like, how do I know that? I've never owned a small business before. And when I dug back into my story, my story went all the way back to when I was about seven or eight years old. And my dad owned a small business. It was a pizza shop. It was open, and I should probably ask him this, but it was only open for a few years, and it, it ended up failing. He had a business partner, but he did everything. I mean, he was the cook and, you know, the DJ and the janitor, and, and he was just, he did everything. And I just pictured my dad trying to fumble around on a computer, especially back in like the 80s. <laughs> but now even, you know, fumbling around on a computer to try to post something, you know, on social media to entice people to come into his location, which is necessary. It's necessary, especially for a brick and mortar type location like that. And I just couldn't picture it. And so my dad's business actually failed. It didn't sell or anything. They just they closed up. 
And my dad isn't an entrepreneur anymore. And that story to me is just so incredibly sad that he's no longer pursuing dreams like that. And I truly believe it was because of not being able to delegate or understanding the power of delegation. And that brings us to social media. Why should we be delegating social? And I know, obviously, Sue, you see the value in in delegating it. But really, truly with anything that we're going to be able to hand off to someone else if it's not your favorite thing to do and or you're just not really equipped to do it handing it off to someone else is going to be a complete weight off of your shoulders one of the other things that I just want to bring up here that was a really important point I want all of our listeners to get is you also identified the trigger of the Facebook pages. They were coming out into the market and that was a great opportunity because it was new, it was different, and it's something then that you could relate to and offer up. Like, look, there's something really new here that you should be using. Let me take care of it and help you mm-hmm. with it which led to your whole tenacious business in terms of that third leg you were talking about earlier. Yep, exactly. So you talk about the fact that if you don't like what you're doing in terms of doing the social media posts, if it's not your favorite task of all things, because of course, when you're the business owner, you get to decide which things you're doing. And also if it's not your best skill, but how do you manage that? Like at what point can you do that? Because let's face it, when you're a business owner, money's tight in the beginning. Mm -hmm. So how do you balance those two things, the ability to have the funds to actually delegate out, even if you knew you needed to do it? Where's the trigger and what's the benefit of doing it maybe sooner than you're probably comfortable with doing? Yeah, so the, you know, it's interesting because I, I usually send business somewhere else first and then to us second. What we find is that our ideal client, and our, I say that because our ideal client is people that want to outsource their social media, of course, but it is a flow of any business is that you need to probably have first an assistant of some sort. And it doesn't mean it's someone low, totally on the totem pole. It could be someone, honestly, that you're running right alongside this business with. And usually they're going to be someone that's going to take some things off of your plate first. And they're going to be some of the smaller things. They are going to be some of the $10 items or maybe even like $100 items. So I talk about this on a regular basis is when you're thinking about your day, or if you could go back and look at your last week or your just last day or whatever it was, and you were to list out every single thing that you do every single day, and you put it into categories on $10, $100, $1,000, and maybe even $10,000 items, you would want to first outsource those $10 items. And those are going to be some of your assistant type items. And then you're going to go to more of the $100 items. And that's where like social media management and design is going to fall into. And to kind of just expand on that a little bit, $1,000 or $10,000 items are going to be things like we're doing right now, Sue. No one else can use our voice. (laughs) You know, that's like one of the only things, video and audio. The third piece is writing. And you know, yes, people can edit your writing and, and people can go straight for you and things like that. But there still needs to be a, a really some platform of something that you're doing first. And those are going to fall into those kind of $1,000, $10,000 items. So to go back first, you got that kind of assistant or you got a little bit of a helper of some sort. And I remember watching this TED Talk and I wish I could find it, but it's it was a TED Talk on basically the person saying the best hire you'll ever make is your first 
$8 an hour, hour. And if you can find someone to work for $8 an hour, send them on over. $8 an hour doing assistant work. But you know, even that $10, or $20, whatever it is, to be able to do some of that assistant work to keep you doing the things that you truly want to do, that's going to be the next step. And then I'm going to say, okay, now you've built up because you already understand this outsourcing of your assistant type work, your VA work, whatever that is. And then we're going to move into the design and the social media management piece. Sometimes people want to do this a little bit too early. If for some reason you have some, you know, funding or things like that, yes, I will say it's a great decision to make, but usually it's going to be a little farther down in your business. I mean, I guess that doesn't say exactly the time frame or how to do it, but first I would say your virtual assistant or your assistant and then move into outsourcing some of those other tasks. You bring up a good point too in that you're just not taking tasks off of your plate or your assistant's plate just to free up time to make life easier. It's freeing up time to do other revenue producing type things like we're talking about here with the podcast or if you're writing or you're going out on sales calls or you're going speaking or whatever it is. So it's to replace things that other people can do better because they're in the know, you know, such as your team, Tina, you know, you're always up to date with all the platforms, what's changing, Facebook Mm -hmm. ad, you know, all of that. But you're freeing then as a business owner, you're freeing up your own time to go after tasks that are going to help grow your business. Mm -hmm. That's really important for our listeners to understand too. You're not just, you know, replacing time so you can go out to lunch with your friends. Right. Exactly. (laughs) We actually had a client one time, she had a certain amount of spaces she wanted to sell in a in-person event. So she wanted to sell like 60 spots. And when she hired us, we just obviously didn't ask enough questions. A few weeks in, we asked her, well, you know, how's the networking going? You know, how are sales going on your end? And she goes, what do you mean? That's why I hired you guys. And like, oh, so she didn't really understand the clear difference between what your responsibilities were and that she still had stuff she needed to do. Yeah, we are going to be a supplement to that. I mean, oh, of course, there are tons of businesses that the majority of their business is online. Great. But I say the real strong mix is the in-person and the online. And so figuring out what that mix is for you, maybe it is that a majority of it's going to be online, but you still got to be shaking hands and meeting people, throwing on those name tags, you know, getting to events, conferences, networking on a weekly basis, and really truly getting to know people because those people are truly going to be the people that are your cheerleaders and are your fan base and the ones you create strong, strong relationships with. Absolutely. There's two points I want to bring up here. Number one, too, if you own a retail shop, you also need to spend time in your shop. Mm -hmm. Don't just let your hourly workers who are stocking and taking sales because you'll lose touch with your customers. So, you know, when Tina's talking about face to face, it's not just out. It's networking for sure. All you guys know, I talk networking a lot, but it's also making sure you're staying in touch with who your customer is because as their needs change or they're seeing something that they're really needing and they anticipated you have and you don't, you need to know that information so that you stay relevant to each of your customers. Mm -hmm. The other thing is, and what I've learned, Tina, you're the first 
company that I've used to bring on social media is that you don't just hand it off and be done because there's learning and adjustment. Like you guys always ask me, well, what's coming up the next few months that we should know about? What are you focusing on? What are your goals? And people have gotten to know me and what I like because you need that connection or posts aren't going to make sense. They're not going to sound like they're coming from you or that type of thing. So there's work in terms of integration always. Yep. And taking over the voice of a client for us, you know, if you came to us, Sue, and you had not yet really done any work, you know, I mean, you were just a brand new baby business and you didn't have a podcast or you didn't, you know, you didn't network and you didn't, you know, you hadn't already been writing and doing all these different things. We would have had to completely create your brand from scratch, which we have definitely done for businesses. But I can tell you that it's a longer journey to get to where you know, where you are or where someone else is in your place. So our clientele is usually doing a lot online to begin with already. And they're probably a little bit overwhelmed (laughs) by it. And usually what we do when they come on board is we say, let's get rid of a couple, even though we're managing it, you know, now you feel like, oh, I can hand this off. We'll say there's too much noise out here happening. And we really want to be focused in on the best platforms for you. And it's different for everyone. It really is. And we did that mm-hmm. when I first came on. It was like there were so many things and we consolidated and, you know, it was nice to be able to run back and forth a strategy. Like I'm using this platform for this. I'm u- Now, granted, I have two businesses too. So it gets a little bit confusing <laughs> right. in terms of the overlap. But, you know, just being able to bounce back and forth the strategy and what the true platforms are, it's helpful mm-hmm. in terms of knowing where to post, what to post, all of that. So right. anyway. If someone is considering outsourcing their social media, what would be a first step that they should take and what should they be looking for in a company that would take on this task for them? One of the things that we always say for our clients, and I want it to be reciprocal, is that like we would actually want to hang out. So if you're sitting in a meeting with someone and you're about to hire them to take over your voice online or brand or design or whatever that piece is, you gotta love them. Like you really, really gotta have a good vibe. And for us, we actually put it in kind of a different term. We say, you know what? We would do breakfast and lunch and appetizers and happy hour and dinner all in one day and really not get sick of these people where we could keep learning about their business. And then we go even a little bit deeper and we say, you know what? We wanna be able to actually wanna use their services. We either value what they do or we truly understand what they're up to in this world. And we want to promote them to others because that's really what we're doing. And so that's a big piece. So if you do a flip-flop on that, and if you're coming at it, if I'm going to hire someone to outsource to, you really, truly have to really, really enjoy these people and connect with them. I often say, like, if you hear me talk, I'm speaking at an event or I'm here on a podcast and you're at all ever annoyed with me, our team will not be a good fit. This is how we are all the time in our blog and my podcast and our whole staff. And so we're kind of high energy and, you know, we talk a lot and, you know, so (laughs) uh, we got all our silly words that we say all the time and all in seriousness, you really, truly do want to really enjoy the people that you'll be working with. Meaning that you want to relate personality wise then too. Yeah, a bit. Now we have some clients where like our, we're not the same, you know, like as these people, like we have 
a lot of guy clients. We're obviously not the same as them because we're a bunch of females and we can, we're able to take over their voice, but they really enjoy being around us. And we enjoy when they walk in the office or, you know, we get on Zoom or whatever that is. And so they don't necessarily have to be exactly the same. They just have to be willing to put up with us. <laughs> Okay, so we got the personality, yes. okay? It's a mix, everyone loves each other, it's fun. What other qualifications should someone be looking for in a social media team? So here's kind of a divider. Different agencies run different, obviously, but here's the two different areas I'm seeing a lot. We are very much relationship and goal setting. So for example, if a client comes to us and says, I'm putting on this event and I want 150 people there and it's November 3rd and we're like, okay, well, we'll work up a 90 day strategy and a plan to get you there. And then everything that we track is based on getting 100 and whatever people in the room. We are not a tracking numbers on analytics, on website, on Facebook likes. Our goal is the 100 plus people in that room. That is a very different strategy. Other people will track numbers and numbers and numbers and numbers. Great. That's a fine way of doing things, you know, the collecting data and all of that. But I so want to personally, even as myself as a business owner, my goal is either to get butts and seats, get downloads higher, because I know what that's going to amount to. So I got these milestones that then hit a goal where to me, I don't, uh, it's not as tangible for me to go look at all these analytical numbers all over the place. So there are, it's a very distinct, different way of doing business. And we get some heat for it every once in a while. People are like, well, what are your you know, SEO or what are these numbers or what are that? And I'm like, you know what? We put butts in seats or we do this or whatever over here and we focus on these goals. Now, all those numbers are milestones and they get us there, but the goal setting is huge for us. So really it's more of the relationship piece and more of like kind of the data piece. And some people really truly want those reports. We started doing the reports a few years ago and we were sending them out to our clients and you know, we'll have anywhere from like 30 to 50 different clients that we're managing on a regular basis. And we'd have one, maybe two people even open the email. And I was like, ah, oh, there's so much time put into these. I would way rather jump on the phone and discuss strategy and ideas on how to move us forward versus spending time on reporting. And at the end of the day, the number of Facebook likes you have or Instagram followers or Twitter followers who I don't even care what the platform is, doesn't always equate to right. the people who are showing up to an event or the people who are purchasing product. I mean, it's kind of their vanity numbers in a way. I mean, absolutely. Some people would say they're credibility makers, if you mm -hmm. will, because, you know, all the social credibility, but what you're doing in terms of actually targeting and going against performance of the goals, I think is so much more important. Mm -hmm. And people get lost in that. People want to see their Facebook numbers rising and thinking that that is bringing them in incremental revenue, and it's not necessarily a correlation. <laughs> right. So that is a big difference with you guys versus many other people, I would say. Well, okay, back onto this track of if someone is looking for a social media company, should they be asking to see what other businesses are doing so that they can get a feel for it? Or what other tips can you give us so that someone can land on the right company for them? Yeah, I think it's a good idea to see some of their previous work for sure, because you're going to be able to see how often are they posting for these clients 
or you can see the numbers a little bit or you can see if things have been replied to or you know is there good design work that's one thing I know we love is we have in-house designers and so our clients aren't outsourcing to a couple different companies it's all one group and so I think that is a valuable piece as well but yeah checking out their clients or their work now you have to take into consideration some of the things we were just talking about, you know, we have some clients that are sitting at like 300 Facebook lights, but they make half a million dollars. They don't always correlate. So maybe even some case studies would be good. We draw up case studies and say, you know, this was the goal of the client. Here's all the things that we did to get this person there. And you can see that work. And then I would also ask them, what is their process? So for us at Tenacious, we've been through a lot. I mean, we've been a business for eight years and kind of started this journey and we, we had to figure out, okay, what process works the very best for our clients to be able to approve the work that we're doing. Now we have some clients that we've been managing their social for so long that they don't even look through what we're going to be posting. We have their voice down and we don't need approval from them. Now, most of our, I'd say about 70% of our clients check our work each week. So what we do is we use a project management tool called Basecamp. We write out all the posts for one week at a time. We send to the client. They have usually about four days to approve the posts and then we post them. And so knowing what the flow is, is very important because I know it's all over the board for every different social media management company. I would say just having gone through that process, I think it's really important to know what's going out there because if you have a customer who calls back and references something, yeah. <laughs> you should probably know what that what, what it, it was, was right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yep. I like having my hand in it. You know, I have a few different businesses as well, like you, Sue, and I like to see what's going to be happening on my social. I don't want any surprises. And so, of course, my team and I talk quite a bit, but my team talks with all the clients on a regular basis to know what's going on in their worlds. And the other great thing about you with that whole team is there are multiple people that you interact mm -hmm. with. You know, just like you're saying, you know, I have my lead person, then I have graphics, and I don't know all 10 of your people, but I know seven. Yep. Maybe. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Something <Yep>. like that. <laughs> yep, exactly. Okay. Any final comment to wrap this part up in terms of looking for a social media company? You know, I think it's pretty good. I mean, I think one of the things is like checking out a few different places like we talked about and not just going right away with your first one. And they're all over the place. There's all over the board, you know, that you can find different. I what you know, maybe I was the first, but I'm not the only <laughs> anymore. And so there's a lot of companies out there doing this and some are going to feel, you know, they're going to have a solo, like they're just going to be them. And that might fit more for your flow. But you'll want to ask some of those questions on how they manage things. And I can hear people asking this in the back of their mind anyway, right now. What would you say is a range of pricing that you would look at? If it was just a single business, maybe managing a couple of platforms, you know, starting off easy, what type of price range would you see someone investing? You're going to be around the $1,000 price range for a couple different social media platforms. And that's going to be just one spot. So one Instagram account, one Facebook account. That's not a Facebook business page and a group. So you're looking at around that $1,000, $1,200 mark. And I'm finding that's pretty average in the Midwest. Now it gets a bit more expensive when you're talking East or West Coast, but that's pretty average. All right, perfect. Just to give you know everybody a little bit of an idea here of the investment. Mm -hmm. Well worth it, because again, remember, this isn't just money going out. The anticipation is it's money going out because you're going to get eyeballs on your business for people to be attracted in to buy what you sell, your services, your products, etc. So 
It's not just a one-way street. That's not <laughs> right. the point. Then you might as well not do yeah, it Yeah, yeah. It's not uh, bringing in. It's not doing well. You know, one other thing I wanted to make sure I said too is each company you want to make sure you're comparing apples to apples. So some companies will just write stuff and send it to you. Other people will actually post it, engage with it when people comment. And then there also, like I said, is the design aspect of it. Now we do all of those pieces. So when we say that thousand dollar mark, you may just be like, oh my gosh, well, there's a lot of pieces to that. So we're doing behind the scenes things as we're doing the writing and the posting of things too. So you just want to make sure what levels of this is everyone going to be doing for you. That was a great ad. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that. All right, we're going to move now into the reflection section. So this is a look at you and also I think your business in tandem of what has made you successful. If there's one natural trait that you feel you call upon over and over again, what would that be? I'm really coachable. And as I tell people every time I hire them, if it's my CPA, if it's my lawyer, if it's my business coach, or even my employees, I tell them I don't know everything, even though I act like it. (laughs) I still need you to be the expert in my life when it comes to X, Y, and Z. I take everything in that I'm told. Some of it gets tossed right back out if it doesn't align with me. But most of the time, if someone's really truly speaking into me, you know, I I hire very intentionally. If someone's speaking right into me and they tell me, Tina, I believe this is your next step or I believe this is what you're lacking or what you need to push yourself in a little bit or whatever that is, I'm going to listen. So that trait I know a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with because we got this, right? We can do this on our own. We don't need help. We know our stuff. And just admitting that you need help, you need help and that you can take direction from other people. I think that's a big piece. Yeah. And I think a lot of people can identify things in us that we won't necessarily see in ourselves. Good and improvement wise, I guess I'll say. And you're right, because I mean, I know that I'm that type of person. Like I know what I want to do. I know my goals. I know everything. And sometimes I have to stop and say, wait, listen to what people are saying, Mm -hmm. because you might miss something really valuable. Mm -hmm. Yes. Now, we've already talked about Basecamp, but is there another tool that you're using personally or you're using within Tenacious that helps you to be productive or to create balance in your life? Yeah, we use Slack, which is a messaging system for our staff. And I would say 96% of the time, it actually helps us immensely. We don't exchange any emails back and forth within our staff. So that helps our email be cut down to our clients and then any email newsletters that we belong to. And so it is very, very helpful. So Slack, we can just chat like Facebook Messenger back and forth. We can have group chats going on, individual chats. And it has been a huge shift in how we do life. Now, I say 96% because there's a lot of little fun things you can do inside of Slack. And so we goof around a little bit with giffies and just funny things every once in a while. But it's kind of like the virtual water cooler. So even though we're all here, (laughs) you know, right here and staff, if everyone just talked when they needed something answered, it would be a hot mess up in here. Like it would be crazy. And so it's very, very helpful to be able to have that spot to just put the information and then wait for that response. And it's not it's not bogging down our email. And so that's been a really, really helpful spot for us. 
Yeah, it sounds like you can stay on task. Then yeah. Too. You just ask the question, work, and then when you get your answer, fit it into wherever it needed to go and then move yep, on. Yeah, exactly. Plus, if you guys like each other as much as you do, then you're not going to be working when you're <laughs> hanging out all <laughs> yes. the time, right? <laughs> and that, that brings me to what else I was going to say. We actually started, because of a consultant that came in, we started a new process where we do a no-talk Tuesday or no-talk Thursday or we pick a day. Where we come in and by nine o'clock, Slack is shut down, Basecamp is shut down, email is shut down, texting is shut down, Facebook is shut down, everything is shut down. And we work on something that's been sitting at the top of our to-do list, our frog or whatever that is, that needs to move quickly. And we need really, really focused time. And so we do that from nine to noon. Then we sit together and have lunch because we are a bunch of girls and we need to get our talking out. And then we sit and have lunch and then we do a couple more hours in the afternoon to really wrap up. And then we share at the end of the day what was accomplished. And the girls, I thought the girls were going to be like mad about this day. They're going to be like, what the heck? We can't do that. And now they're asking for more because they get so much work done. And the statistics around the interruptions that we get on a regular basis, it should make us all want to do this on like a, even a daily basis to block out our time, turn off the notifications and things. But one of the stats is that every three point something minutes, we get an interruption. And if we had a 20 minutes to get back, that's what it takes you once you've had an interruption is 20 whole minutes to get back to peak performance. But the thing is, we don't have that because after that first three and a half minutes, another three and a half minutes, we'll have another interruption. So we never get to our peak performance if we just constantly have those notifications and things happening to us. So our writing is suffering, our focus with our time, being able to do a podcast, you know, I mean, I literally have to shut my computer so that I can truly just focus on podcasting or else there's been 700 Facebook messages and texts and whatever, you know, happening. Oh, it's so true. Yeah, it's so true. And taking that time and just focusing, you're absolutely right. So I struggle with that too. I haven't found my day that I can take yet, but you're presenting an interesting opportunity. I'm going to have to consider that. (laughs) Is there a book that you've read lately that you think our listeners would find value in? Oh gosh, one of my faves is One Great Goal by Ursula Menchez. And that's, I've talked about setting goals a lot here already on this podcast, but that was a game changer for me in my business. I reread it every year. I'm trying to force her to do a audible so I can just listen to her in my ear on it. But (laughs) Ursula has been a client. She's been my coach. Now we collaborate on things, but she wrote the book One Great Goal. And it is truly all about focusing on one thing at a time. And it has been a game changer for everyone around me that I've been able to coach in on that and then myself. That's fabulous. And I need you to make sure that she does that. She follows people <laughs> and does some type of an audible book. You know, she doesn't have to be the one reading it either if she didn't want right. to. So. <laughs> Gift Biz listeners, just as you're listening to the podcast today, you can also listen to audiobooks with ease. Unfortunately, not one great goal quite yet, but we're going to be working on yeah. that. <laughs> I've teamed up with Audible for you to be able to get an audiobook for free on me. All you need to do is jump over to giftbizbook.com and make your selection. Okay, Tina, I'm so excited for the answer to this question. I would like to invite you to dare to dream. I'd like to present you with a virtual gift. It's a magical box containing unlimited possibilities for your future. So this is your dream or your goal of almost unreachable heights that you would wish to obtain. Please accept this gift and open it in our presence. What's inside your box? 
Oh my goodness. How long do you have? (laughs) (laughs) Is it a really, really big box? Yeah. So actually, (laughs) the very first thing that came into my mind was, you know, of course, I'm in this tenacious box right now and thinking about this. And you alluded to this earlier, but last year we put on our very first conference, the before conference. And It felt like my second wedding day. It was the most magical couple days of my life. I loved every minute of it. It was a perfect time to put on a conference, all of the above. But when I look at that box, that magical box that you're talking about, I pictured it being filled with people. (laughs) It's a very big box, but it was our conference growing and being known as a national, a truly a national conference, small business conference for small business owners. And that is... I just love the idea of small businesses, us changing the facts and the stats around how much we struggle and us showing up stronger and bigger and better and brighter every single day because the flexibility I have as a mom, a wife, a daughter, a granddaughter, a friend in this space of owning my own business is something I want everyone to be able to experience. Agreed. So if listeners wanted to learn more about the conference or about Tenacious overall, where would you send them? Of course. Yeah. The beforeconference.com is our conference site and our conference will more than likely be every April. And so that is right now we're going in sales on that and we're surpassing our numbers. So it's really fun. That magical box is happening, Sue. So thank you. Congratulations on that. No surprise. No surprise because (laughs) I was there last year and it was spectacular. Oh, thank you. It's been a blast. (laughs) You know, and the coolest part is when you have a speaker that you thought would maybe be a little bit of a stretch and they're like, of course, I know everything about your conference. I can't wait to speak. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Love it. So anyways, that's been really fun. And then our website is tenaciousedge.com and you can find everything there. But my name is a little bit quirky, Tina Pettis. It's spelled T-E-N-A and you can find me everywhere at Tina Pettis, like everywhere. If you just Google Tina Pettis, it's me. It's me. And you can also find her on our show notes page because we'll have all the links there available for you just in case you're out walking the dog at the gym straightening your shop right now. I encourage you all to look into this before conference. It really is spectacular and you can hear the passion with which Tina speaks about it in terms of just uplifting and energizing all of us who are doing our thing. We're letting our light shine for our businesses, but we can always learn more. We can always get better. And things change, so we have to stay relevant and current with the times as well. Tina, thank you so, so much. We've been talking about getting you on the show for several months now, (laughs) and I'm so thrilled we've finally gotten it together. You've given us some great information. I encourage all of us in terms of listeners who are considering outsourcing social media. It took me a long time to decide that that was what I was going to do. And I'm so glad I did now that I actually made the leap. Tina's given us some great advice, great suggestions. And I wish for you, Tina, you know, the business is going to keep growing. I know it is that before conference, pretty soon you're going to need to go into a whole nother building because it's just (laughs) going to grow. So, so big. Continued success to you and your team, and may your candle always burn bright. Where are you in your business building journey? Whether you're just starting out or already running a business, and you want to know you're set up for success, find out by taking the Gift Biz Quiz. Access the quiz from your computer at bit.ly slash giftbizquiz, or from your phone by texting Gift Biz Quiz to 44222. Thanks for listening and be sure to join us for the next episode.
Today's show is sponsored by The Ribbon Print Company. Looking for a new income source for your gift business? Customization is more popular now than ever. Brand your products with your logo or print a happy birthday Jessica ribbon to add to a gift right at checkout. It's all done right in your shop or craft studio in seconds. Check out theribbonprintcompany.com for more information. After you listen to the show, if you like what you're hearing, make sure to jump over and subscribe to the show on iTunes. That way you'll automatically get the newest episodes when they go live. And thank you to those who have already left a rating and review. By subscribing, rating, and reviewing, you help to increase the visibility of Gift Biz Unwrapped. It's a great way to pay it forward to help others with their entrepreneurial journey as well.